Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey cuties, I'm Miles Sexton, a content creator, activist, and loud and proud disruptor of the norm. On Our Private Bits, we talk about the things and people that don't get talked about enough or at all. Trust me, as a sober, HIV-positive, non-binary person, I would know. Join me as I chat with people in my life and from around the world whose stories deserve to be heard. Maybe you'll learn something new and you will definitely LOL. Our Private Bits is also part of the ACAST Creator Network. All right, cuties, today on Our Private Fits, we have a very special guest, Rowan Chate Knox, who is an award-winning Canadian author and human rights activist. Want to say hi? Oh, hey. It's so <laughs> nice to be here. <laughs> I'm so happy. I have been sliding into your DMs for like, literally, it feels like over a year now. <laughs> it's been a long time, and I and every time we get so close, oh, it's and true. then something happens... It's just been a very tumultuous year, but you know, like a good year, but just a very busy year. And I'm, life is lifing, you know. But here we are, and it's like I feel like it's it's happening at the time when it was meant to happen, so it's happening now. Agreed. Yeah. You know, we we were talking about doing like a video together, but this is like even more than what I could manifest because I actually get to meet you in person and get to like have this really beautiful conversation that I feel like is gonna just about to happen. So ah, uh, I'm very excited. Me too. Me too. <laughs> so. I'm just so proud of you, first of all, as now you have a second book. Like, this is so amazing. Your first book, honestly, to me, it was it was interesting. I started dating my partner, and he, so he's trans. And I was, like, looking for resources to really kind of, like, learn more about people's journeys of transitioning. And your book was one of the first books that I actually, like, read when we first started dating. And I just think it was it was... It was just so powerful because I think you really were able to kind of tell like two, like three people's perspectives and stories, you know, in your first book. Uh, It was called Love Lives Here, right? And and then now you have your second book, which just came out, which I'm so excited. So One Sunny Afternoon is what it's called. And I guess like, how how are you feeling? Like, this is like, these are two huge kind of moments, I think, that you've put down into a book. And like, how are you feeling now that it's like out into the world? So I remember when my my author friends would say, you know, happy book birthday, <laughs> you know, to, to whenever their their books came out. Like my my book baby is born. And I was like, oh please. Like I have given birth three times. I know <laughs> what birth feels like. But now I really have given birth to two book babies. Yes. They're like elephant babies. Totally. They take a really long time to make. They're a lot of work in a different way. Like I don't want to take multivitamins and I don't feel, no- well, sometimes I feel nauseous, honestly. <laughs> totally. when, you're telling, when you're telling memoir, you feel nauseous. But no, but really it, it is this like this sense of accomplishment. And what I always feel about something when I when I make it, I my intent is to just put it out in the world, right? Creativity isn't about how well it does or how well it doesn't do or how many people mm. read it. Or to me, it really, what matters is, did I get it done? Did I put it out in the world? That's success to me. 
And if it reaches people, that's that's even better. That's amazing, right? So so I I feel good that I've put a second book out into the world and that people are reading it. It feels wonderful. Oh, you should be so proud. And I, I like that you said that because I think I think a lot of us like hold ourselves back in so many scenarios of like, oh, am I, am I going to be successful with it? Or is it, are people going to read it? You know, so I think that that's a really good piece of advice of like, I think we need to do these things like for ourselves in hopes that maybe it'll, you know, maybe help other people. But like, I think it has to like start with, you know, ourselves and our, our journeys. You know, why, why is it important to us? Yeah, we get, um, you know, I, I say this all the time, but I've had to learn over time that self-worth is innate. It mm-hmm. comes from inside me. Totally. And yeah, it feels good when, you know, I post a picture, I post a selfie and somebody's like, hey, you look fantastic today. You, you know, you look great. You're so handsome or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that feels wonderful. But I I can't base my life on what other people think of me and I can't base my life on what other people think of my work. Totally. So I I know I'm meant to write. I love to write. Every part of me likes to write. And I love to write memoir because it helps me to share my experience with others and it seems to resonate with people. But I can't I can't derive my happiness mm-hmm. from how other people receive things. And I think that social media has created this situation where a lot of us can get, and I have done it in the past. I absolutely have. I've 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 fallen victim to this where I have derived that sense of confidence mm-hmm. from others. But the problem is, as we know, in in one Sunday afternoon, when that goes awry and when people start to push back and hate on you mm-hmm. on social media. If that's where you're gaining all your self-worth, that's dangerous. It really is. And and I'm so happy, honestly, like when I read the book, that those few chapters that were really focused in on sort of like the impacts of like the negativity of social media, like it resonated so much with me because I also was sort of navigating a lot this year. Like, I don't, I, I feel like there's been a huge shift in social media this year where the negativity is like just so much larger than I ever felt like it's been. And it's really hard to not let that like affect you mentally and physically, like, and to not take it on. So like reading, I think those parts of your book and how you sort of guided through that, um, you know, it made me feel a lot less, like less alone, you know, kind of in this world of like, you know, us trying to navigate this new world of social media, you know, and how to do it. But for those who haven't read the book, like, what would you like suggest, I think, to people who are maybe like having a hard time trying to navigate the negativity of social media? I don't like to say social media isn't real life because it is a part of people's real lives for a lot of us, right? A lot of us who work online, who have friends online, who connect with people online, it is a part of our real lives. However, it's also a place where there are few to no consequences Mm -hmm. when people want to be cruel. Totally. And people are making their issues into your issues when they hate on you. Yes. Um, That is different from challenging someone who say is making, you know, racist comments Mm -hmm. or, you know, expressing homophobia, that sort of thing. But the personal attacks really are about the person doing the attacking. Totally. And once we figure that out, once that mindset shifts and we're able to go, it really isn't about me, it is about the other person. Mm -hmm. It it can change so you don't go, I sort of, I think of it as like a restaurant. Mm -hmm. If I'm sitting at a restaurant and the server comes over and hands me a plate of spaghetti and I ordered a Caesar salad, I'm not going to eat the spaghetti. I'll say, oh, hey, excuse me, this actually isn't mine, right? Mm-hmm. I, I I ordered this. 
On social media, it's a lot like that too. People will just come to your table and just start heaping plates of spaghetti at you, right? So yeah, it's like, totally. P.S. I love spaghetti. I will always choose <laughs> it over salad. But, <laughs> but, but I mean, like, but that's, but that's sort of the analogy I use. We don't have to receive it just mm -hmm. because somebody is giving it to us. Totally, we can give it back. We can go, nope, that's yours. I love, it. and I love that you like pointed out in the book of like. You know, like, is this person actually like trying to learn and have a conversation with me versus like, is this person trying to attack me? And I, and I think that that was like one of a big an eye opener for me because I was like, you know, I love to challenge people. And I was like, I'm getting into these like heated arguments, but it's like, I'm just kind of like wasting my energy on, you know, trying to like convince this person that I'm, I'm, I, I meant to exist, you know? And it's like, I think, I think that that is like such a big, a big piece of it too. It's like, you know, is this worth my time and energy to engage in? You know, is, am I spending more time on the negativity versus like the beautiful comments, the positive comments, you know? Yeah. And, and we are like biologically trained to take in the negative more yes, than the positive totally. because that's how we learn as humans. Like a baby hits their head when they stand up and yes. they learn, oh, I need to be more careful when mm -hmm. I stand up, Absolutely. right? So we always remember that way more than we remember all of the positives. So it's important to take a step back when we're getting tons of people. And, and I mean, you know, as, as a trans person, I get a, you know, a, a ton of, a ton of people mm -hmm. who, who hate on me, like a lot of LGBTQ people. And, um, and I have to remember that, you know, that is, I don't have to take that in mm -hmm. and that it's just because the internet is so large totally. and everybody feels that they can say whatever they want. So you end up with this concentrated mass of awful people, but that doesn't mean that everybody's awful. And it's important to remember that too. It's so true. I was listening to another podcast actually yesterday. Um, I don't know if you know the Sarah from the Birds Papaya. And she was having a conversation with this, uh, another queer kind of content creator, Daniel. And they were saying like social media is not a mirror or it's not a window, it's a mirror. And a lot of people like, when they look at like our content or if they don't see themselves reflected or there's something that doesn't like, you know, again, they don't see the reflection or something that doesn't resonate with them. That's where like so much of it comes from. And, and I'm like, oh, that's a really like interesting analogy to like look at social media in that way of like how we're reacting to people's reactions to what we post. So, so much, so much. And, and I, I, I remember, you know, just yesterday, for example, mm -hmm. I, I posted something about trans awareness week. Yes. And the amount of people who replied to me going, every week seems to be trans awareness oh, week. And, you know, <laughs> don't you get enough attention? Don't we talk about you enough? And, and it's like, people need to remember that not all content is made for them. Totally. Right? If that is not your cup of tea, the easiest choice is to just move on. Yeah. You don't have to engage. You don't have to look at it. You see that I say today is trans awareness week and mm -hmm. you go, you know what? I think I, I think I'm aware of trans people and yeah. you just move on, Totally. you know, and, and I think this is the piece that some people are missing. So I, I try to spend less time online now and I try to concentrate my time into positive things. Mm -hmm. I go on there when I have something important I feel I need to share uh, I want to celebrate some joy. Yes. I do a lot of that, a lot do. of joy. Um, and uh, and other than that, I, I I go on occasionally to check out what my friends are doing and that's it. Yeah. And sometimes we need to set those boundaries, right? Like I think that that is a learning in itself with a, like what is our relationship with social media? What are the boundaries that I'm setting for myself that's protecting myself and keeping me within joy? Because I think a lot of us just use it so free, like free willy, you know, that we're not like actually like, are kind of aware of the impacts that it could be having on us too, right? 
Yeah, it can be very, very uh, addictive. And I have fallen into that for sure. (laughs) Now, I know, I guess, like, when I look over both of your books, I think that, like, you know, there's like a very common theme of like evolution and healing and change. Like what, I guess, like, what is your view on change, you know, now at this point in your life? Because I feel like you, you know, you and your family have been through so much. Like, how do you face change going, going forward now? (laughs) (laughs) I make it very clear in my books that I used to dread change. (laughs) I was somebody who felt because I was very bullied in school. I had a lot of things happen in my life. I was raised in, you know, in, in, in a more, um, you know, Catholic sort of household. And, mm-hmm. and I was, I was taught very much that life looked a certain way. And if you stood outside of that, not, not, it wasn't really my parents, but more sort of our community around us who sort of taught me that if you stand out in any way, mm-hmm. people are going to hurt you. Totally. And so <laughs> I played the role and, uh, my role was, I am a girl and I need to marry a boy Mm -hmm. and then we need to have children and then we need to move into a little house. And I literally did the entire thing. I followed the whole script. It didn't work out that way. (laughs) (laughs) Turns out I am a boy who married a girl. um, And one of our three boys ended up being non-binary and then we ended up adopting another girl and, 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 and so I, I blew the mold apart. We mm. blew the mold apart. Sure <laughs> and right. And it and it taught me to embrace change. Mm. I love change now. I'm not afraid of it anymore. Uh. I'm like, all right, new challenge. Let's go. How do we factor this into our lives? I'm so much more at peace with I've got myself. Mm-hmm. I know who I am. I know what my, you know, what, what, what my priorities are, what my boundaries are, what my sense of self is. Mm -hmm. And so as long as I have that, I am the foundation in my life and everything else can change around it. And that's okay. Agreed. I love that because I I think like, you know, like you said, I think so many people, even myself included, are so afraid of change or we just get so comfortable within like what what is happening in our in our lives currently and I think it is I think change can be a beautiful thing and I think when change is coming into our lives it's sort of like the universe sort of telling us that you know it's time to grow again you know and like you've you've done the work to kind of like now get to this sort of next level of self which I I think is so important I love that. I love that. And and that's the thing. We we don't grow in comfort. No. Or or at least we grow very little in yeah, comfort. Very slow. Yeah. <laughs> we grow in discomfort. And it doesn't mean that life needs to be chaotic all the time. No. I mean, certainly that's not what I'm looking for in life. It has been more chaotic than I would have liked at times, <laughs> uh, many times. But it has all gotten me to this point where life is still evolving and life is still changing. But it is about extricating or excavating those lessons because mm-hmm. I sort of feel like every time a massive change happens in life, it it can feel like the, you know, like our foundation just crumbled. Totally. And I use that analogy a lot when I give talks or when I'm writing, because I, I, I like to say we just pull from the wreckage, the good parts, and yes. we build a new foundation exactly. and that's okay. We're going to be okay. Change is inevitable and trying to control anything outside of ourselves, including how much things are going to change mm-hmm. is impossible. No, 
exactly. I mean, I, I, lo- I also love the analogy of like a tree, you know, it's like every winter a tree has to lose its leaves in order to like nurture itself to like bloom again in the spring. And I'm like, and I always like, I love, I, someone told me that a healer once told me that. And I was like, I'm, I have to like always take that into consideration, you know, like a, you, we have to have sort of these moments of being stripped down to like our, you know, our core, right. In order to like give ourselves the nutrients in order to like continue to grow. And I, I don't know. I, I love that one. I love that. I love that. And then it also sort of brings in this idea that we need to rest. Yes, exactly. You know, we, we live in this, in, in this, in this hustle culture right now. And, and I mean, some of us it's because we have to, we have to work all these jobs. We, you know, we mm. have all these different hats we need to wear, but we don't make a lot of time to rest no. and rest often feels like failure. I'm not doing something. I need to do something to move forward. But taking that rest time is really important too. Absolutely. You're going to be like so much more productive. And it's something that I'm also like, I'm learning too. It's so hard for me not to be like working all the time. And I'm like, no, no, no. Like the older I get, I'm like, oh, I need a nap. (laughs) 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 I need need to take this time for myself. Naps are good. Bubble baths are good. (laughs) Leaving your phone at home, which I've done occasionally, very rarely, but occasionally I leave the phone at home. Yes. and I go to the coffee shop and it's weird. It's weird like to just so have naked. a book. <laughs> I just have a book or someone to it. talk to that I have to talk to in the actual face and I don't yes. get to look away at my phone. It's weird, but it's so, it's 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 a really good time to also get creative mm-hmm. again, to have those moments where the brain isn't distracted all the time. Exactly. Best thing. 100%. So where did like the title of like One Sunny Afternoon come from? Like I know you sort of mentioned it in the book but like how did you land on the title of that for this book because I was like you know like I I don't draw the connection I guess like right away from like when I when I read the title and like what the book is actually about so no you won't and 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 I think that was the whole thing so the book opens up when I am in the hospital I'm in the ER waiting room and I have just asked them to help me keep myself safe yes because I'm suicidal and Outside is this beautiful spring day. It could not get more lovely. I'm thinking about what all of my neighbors are doing mm-hmm. at this time and thinking about what my friends and my family are doing. And probably everybody's outside. They're walking their dogs. They're cleaning up their yards for spring. They're doing all these different things. And I am in a hospital in the middle of the COVID-19 pandemic in the first wave. And I am crying into this, this triage mask. And I am, you know, hoping I can save my life here the juxtaposition between the two was striking. Mm -hmm. And also it gave me some hope because I was like, okay, I might be feeling miserable in here, but maybe if I just stick around and do what I need to do, I'll get to see the sun again, you know, proverbial, proverbially. Wow. Is that even a word? Am I using the right word? Sure. Sure. Let's go with it. (laughs) The proverbial sun. There we go. I don't know if proverbial is. This is a problem with knowing two languages and growing up with it, right? I'm French and English. I make up words sometimes. And then my, you know, I'll get like these, my editor will be like, what is this word? The question mark, you know? (laughs) Whoops. roll with it okay that's really cool and so like I feel like too so from 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 the title and then you sort of go into like the guts of the book and I feel like one of the the big things that I think you talk about a lot is is like trauma and how like trauma can like manifest itself in our lives how trauma can like have a resurgence you know in moments where it's like feeling activated like I, I I feel like 
a lot of us are not super aware of like that happening and you and myself included, you know, like even just recently, I feel like I've been like navigating through some like activations of, of past trauma. And I'm like, oh, wow, I, I thought I like had moved on from that. And it's like, you know, it was so long ago, but yet here it is still, I'm 32 and it's like, and it's still finding itself present, like presenting in my life. So like, I, I know that you do talk a lot about, I guess, like the tools and like the journey that you went on. But I was wondering if you could maybe just share a little bit of like how you sort of have faced, I guess, like trauma and how you've, I guess, like addressed it when it's feeling, when it's been activated for you. Yes. I really like to know how things work. Yes. So thanks to that visit at the hospital, it's not a spoiler that I was diagnosed with a complex trauma disorder. Mm -hmm. And then I started working with a psychiatrist and I started to do therapy, but I also really wanted to know how trauma works, Mm -hmm. because if I could understand how it works, then when I'm meditating, when I'm feeling those, you know, those triggers, you know, the the after effect of a trigger that happens or whatever it is, I can remember, okay, so this is what my body's doing. Let's try and, you know, calm that down. The whole, you know, the, the, the long and short of it is, trauma gets stored in the body. Mm-hmm. And we know that that's, that's not a woo-woo thing. That's no, an actual thing. It gets, it gets stored in the body. And can pass on generationally, Absolutely. like through your DNA. Oh, yeah. epigenetics. Yeah. It's fascinating Ooh, it stuff. Really it really is. <laughs> I, and and so the nervous system's really old. It, it doesn't understand language. It doesn't understand anything mm-hmm. except I'm safe or I'm not safe. Yes. And when I feel not safe, I'm going to activate. And that's where we get those trauma responses. Sometimes that's physical responses. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's emotional or yes. mental responses. Um, so what I have done over time is learn the early warning signs mm-hmm. of that. Because if I can reach my nervous system early, yes. I can go, hey, hey, guess what? We're okay. We're not being chased by a saber-toothed tiger. Totally. We're all right. We're all right, right? This is just somebody who said something mean, or this was just, you know, something scary that happened, but we're mm. safe now. Yes. And so it, it when those traumatic events first happen that form, say, a trauma disorder or a trauma, you know, what, what becomes later a trauma reaction mm. to us, uh, in my case, all of the bullying and harassment and violence that I faced when I was a child. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Child came back in my 40s when I was piled on online for a solid week, right? And people go, well, it's just the internet. Like, I don't understand why that made you suicidal. It was because my response was that of a five-year-old, an eight-year-old, a 13-year-old, a 15-year-old, right? I was, I I was suddenly a kid again. Mm -hmm. And I was suddenly stuck, even though I knew logically that I was not, I, I, I was very much in every other way, a child responding like a child and felt extremely unsafe. Mm -hmm. And so once I knew what that was, I could start to really take care of that child inside of me. And that was a big thing in the nineties. Everybody talked about, you know, inner child work, inner child work. I had shelves of books on inner child work and, and people kind of roll their eyes at it now, but there is so much truth to Mm -hmm. it that we have to remember that at the end of the day, we are still those little kids inside, but now we have to act more grown up. We have a little more experience, a little more wisdom. That's fine. That's great. But we still have to honor that wounded child. Absolutely. Did you ever do like, I guess like through your journey, did you ever do parts work at all? Like with your therapist? Oh yeah. Cause I like, I, I find it like, you know, it, it's just like other language for what you're saying, but it's like, you know, we have like our wise self, which is like our nervous system, you know, in, in many ways. And it's like, you know, what part of myself is being activated right now that's like causing me to react, you know, sort of this way is, is the language that that I use a lot with my therapist. And, you know, we sort of like dive in, into it. And I think it is really fascinating because you're right. It's like, you know, it doesn't matter how old you are. It's like those like younger parts of yourself when they become activated and become present and they're trying to protect you in these sort of moments of maybe it's trauma, a trauma response. Um, yeah, like, again, you can you can behave like it is. It could be a three-year-old or a five-year-old, or it depends on like when those sort of like scripts were really formed like within ourselves, you know, through our lives. And I think it's really important that like everyone totally like dives into this a bit because like it's been the most like transformative like work that I feel like I've been able to do on myself anyway, on, on my journey of healing. So. Yeah. Well, and, and I mean, I think what, what, what culminates in being diagnosed with a disorder mm-hmm. is that the symptoms you have are so severe that they're impacting your daily life. Right. Yes. But a lot of people carry trauma and have trauma reactions. I would say most of us, honestly, mm-hmm without it maybe being a full disorder, but that doesn't mean that it's not impacting you to some degree. So I think you're right. It is really important to examine that and to go, oh, you know, yeah, maybe I am acting this way because I, I, you know, it's bringing something up from my past Totally. because a lot of times I think, and especially, especially women are told they're overreacting. Women are so often told they're being emotional. (laughs) They're overreacting. Women, you know, girls were raised and I, I was raised as a girl. And so I have a little bit of personal experience here, but, you know, girls were raised not to have a voice, mm-hmm. not to speak out, not, not to, you know, to, to be more subservient to, to, you know, to people please. And so all of that stuff gets stuffed way down. And anytime it comes back out, somebody says, Oh, you know, it is it that time of the month or something horrible? And, and it's true; it really happens. It's awful, and and so yeah. So I just want to say, you know, it's it's uh, it's okay to have those strong reactions sometimes. It's it's just a matter of finding out what you need from yourself in those moments. Totally, and like you know, 
realizing like where a lot of that comes from too right because like these are like these very like colonial constructs that were designed to control basically like women and different other minority groups like you know that they're just didn't want them to be more powerful than like the white man and it's like it's so gross oh the white man (laughs) what you have done right i know i I was like i was i was a little mad when i found out i was man yeah (laughs) you're like crap no no i can't be that's okay you know you you follow i fall under you know the beautiful rainbow of uh of of your transness so you know like yeah it's good it's good (laughs) i just i'm gonna just work on being like a good man there are so many good men out there and i I just i'm just gonna work on like you know you know not abusing the privilege that society is going to continue to heap upon me as i transition the further along i get in my transition i think the more people are going to just let me get away with things and i need to remember you know use your powers for good yes you will (laughs) i think it's always interesting like when i talk to tyler about sort of his like journey of of his transition you know and and how like you know, when, when he was more like physically showing more like femininity, you know, how different he was treated now because he's like so passing, like you would never know in a million years that Tyler's trans, you know, like he's just the most manly thing I've ever seen. (laughs) And, you know, so I think it'll be interesting for you. I I feel like I have to, we'll have to do like a follow-up on like how, how that sort of has has been. Cause I remember you shared even in your story where it was like the Starbucks barista, like, I think she like corrected herself and then like started and used your correct pronouns and like, you know, how that sort of like those, those daily live things are going to like change as you, as you go. It's, I think it's going to be so exciting. Yeah. I'm excited for it too. It's such a cool journey. Like every day I wake up and I'm like, what's my voice like today? And it's getting lower and lower (sighs) and I'm starting to get this like little scowly thing in the middle (laughs) of my forehead. I'm like, what's that? The man scowl? What's going on? What is this? Right. So yeah, but I, but I am really looking forward to it. And today I did, I did, planks like you not planks so good wow i've been working out for 10 years yes i'm on i've been on t for two and a half weeks and i can do planks now it's not fair definitely gives a boost of energy that's for sure ridiculous (laughs) now because of like i guess within your household you have like now three like three of you have sort of transitioned i guess like through your journey right yes so how like was so it was first with your son, right? Who transitioned, or sorry, non-binary, your uh, non-binary child yes. transitioned first. Sorry. Yep. So, like, do you think that like your child sort of like allowed a bit of like permission for your, I guess, like your wife to, to transition like first, and then like that that like you know snowballed into like inspiring you. Like, I, I I'm curious a little bit about like that sort of journey. I guess. Yeah, I'd like to tell this journey because very recently, uh, last week, in fact, the Daily Mail decided that they yes. were going to write about my family. Oh. Um, and uh, <laughs> when the Daily Mail writes about your family, they don't always get everything right. No. Um, and so I, I read a lot about myself that frankly wasn't true. Um, one of the things that they really tried to push, I believe, mm-hmm. in my opinion, in that story was uh, that I had once said that, you know, uh, trans joy is contagious, Right. And I did say that. Mm-hmm. That is absolutely true. I said it not too long ago. Um, but that doesn't mean that being trans is contagious, mm-hmm. no. right? It just means that the joy is kind of infectious. Totally. And that if, you know, if you are around people who are exploring their own gender mm-hmm. 
it gives us permission to explore exactly. our own. So having this at the time, 11 year old, they, they just turned 21 two days ago. Uh, um, but having at the time, this 11 year old come out to us mm-hmm. and watching them sort of first, at first they leaned into, you know, it was 2014. So mm-hmm. we were really talking about non-binary totally, identities, right? Really there, like, yeah. Very, very different. So at the time I was like, well, I know I'm not a boy and I definitely lean more this way. So I think I must be a girl. Right. So we're like, okay. And then more recently it was like, well, I think, you know, actually I'm, I am, uh, you know, I'm more non-binary. Mm-hmm. So, okay, no problem. Um, you know, watching that process and then watching my wife get, you know, um, some courage from mm-hmm. that and some hope from that and come out herself, that also over time, I had many more layers of must, must not rock the boat. Yes. Don't rock the boat, <laughs> Rowan, right? <laughs> Gotta just plant your little suburban kidney gardens, like just, you know, just mm-hmm. be a PTA mom. But once that started to shed, I was like, oh yeah, as it turns out, queer people really do find each other. Like, totally. You know, my wife and I found our, found each other. And that's the other thing that they love to say is that, you know, they they only talked about how we have one child. We have four children. Yeah, exactly. The other three are cisgender. Totally. <laughs> so it's not as contagious as you might think. <laughs> They're like one of those, like those funny, like Instagram memes where like they have to come out as straight to you. you they know? have come out as straight. Oh no. Uh, our, two of our kids sat us down and we're like, Listen, I I, I'm sorry. I, was, like, I know this is the family where, like, if I was going to be gay, I could be gay here, right? Uh, I'm not. I, I'm really not. I, 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 you know, I like girls, yeah. just girls, only girls. I'm like, that's okay, buddy. We still love you. Exactly. We love you no matter what. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> that's so cute. But, but I, I, I totally agree. I think you know, even for myself like prior to dating Tyler, it was, you know, I really struggled with, you know, I always knew that I never felt like male or female. And I really struggled with trying to not have like shame associated with being non-binary. But like, I knew like deep down in my core that I was like, no, this is who I am, you know? And like, this is, I finally have like a word for it. And I think it, I think it is really powerful when you're surrounded by love and like the courage to be vulnerable that I think a lot of like trans people go through and and express, you know, that you can't help but like then feel that joy and feel that empowerment to be like, okay, I'm I'm ready to like take that step for myself, you know? Because I think Tyler in many ways also like helped me, I think like, feel comfortable and safe enough to be able to like to finally transition into like being non-binary and and I, th- I think that's so beautiful and I think that it's not just about like sexuality you know I think we can look at I think a lot of people I think it's why a lot of trans people get so much like sort of hate is because it's such an extreme of just owning who they are and people can't stand that because like you know they're sitting at home and they're just you know, like maybe like festering and and their own shame that they're not able to be themselves, you know? And I think that's why a lot of trans people get so attacked because people can't, can't like believe that someone else could live their truth and they can't, you know? I, I, Fully agree because I was one of those people, yeah. not specifically with trans people, yes. but I remember meeting people who were like, oh no, I don't want kids. Yeah. Right. And I was like, what do you mean you don't want kids? <laughs> right. So you're married, but you don't, and you have a, you have a, you have a house, but you don't want kids. Mm-hmm. Like you don't want, it's not because of the financial reasons. Like, no, we just don't want kids. And I was like, 
I don't understand. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> and what it was, was I was a very young parent and I was judged very harshly for being a young parent. Mm -hmm. And I have no regrets over my choices. I love my children so much. I always had the option to not have children, but I had children. And I felt like I had to defend that choice. Mm -hmm. And it got to the point where because I had to defend that choice, anyone else's choice that was different from mine was wrong. Totally. Right. And that's the growing that we have to do as people. And I meet a lot of people, especially online, who are not there yet. And I just sort of try to give them a bit of grace and go, I hope that you get there too, because it is so much more free when you realize other people's lives really don't impact you that much. No. Right? Like, just don't oppress me and I'm good. Yeah, like, exactly. I, it's good. <laughs> that's I'm all fine. I ask for. Do whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. So, what do you think that like people, or like maybe just don't understand about trans people. I feel like, you know, there's still so much misinformation that exists out of there. And I think from, you know, I think not only yourself, but like your family, you know, like what do you think people still aren't like clicking or like understanding yet? I think they think it's really new, mm -hmm. right? A lot yes. of people think it's really new. It's some, you know, liberal, you know, conspiracy mm -hmm. concoction. I hear these things all the yes. time, every day. And I'm like, do you, you need to pick up a history book. Exactly. You just need to see that we have always been here. Mm -hmm. We have been here for millennia. And in, in some cultures, we were celebrated. Totally. Um, and then this one oppressive type of culture took over the majority of the world. Mm -hmm. And because of that, trans people have been, you know, all but forgotten for a while. And now we're making a comeback in a more visible way. This is threatening. Yes. But, you know, to people, even though there's nothing threatening about it mm -hmm. and it's not new. And, and so I think if people could just understand that it's not, you know, I, I, there's a lot of, a lot of a lot of these ideas is like you know that we're we're just narcissists we're yeah. attention seeking we we you know something i i still haven't made the connection between um you know how we're grooming kids i haven't figured that out i can't even get my children to make their beds like i mean i don't know how i'm grooming anyone like no. I, i'd be the worst person ever to do that job um but you know it it it's it's just that we have, like, I think you nailed it. Mm -hmm. it, it. We are just the most authentic version mm -hmm. of ourselves. That's it. Full stop. Totally. Nothing about it is threatening. I said it. <laughs> it's true. And I, I like, you know, I truly do hope that, you know, now, you know, even though I think social media can have this very like negative, you know, the negativity cloud that, that exists within it. I do think that like, with reclaiming our history. I think that that I'm hoping will like help people understand even more because like you said, like, you know, we look at so many civilizations that like, you know, down to like the beginning of the civilization, like trans people have existed and, and, and some of them, you know, still exist. You know, we still have like the Hydra in India, you know, I love that. Like, you know, we've now have a term of like two spirit, which, you know, we have as a blanket term that we're using for, you know, a lot of the indigenous communities, but you know, that, that it's like exactly we have been here all along and we're just trying to like reclaim what has been erased you know and within society that we that we live in and, and you know I, I I strive for it too because it's like you know I just you know people are like oh you know you're so you're so flamboyant you're so like you know you all you care about is like you know how, how you look like on social media and I'm like no 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 that's not true at all like 
I just want to live in my joy and I want to live in my truth. And like, I, I want to do the things that people told me for such a long part of my life that I was wrong to do, you know, and like, I need to embrace that now. And I think that that that's where this is coming from. It's not coming from a place of narcissism. No. And I've never gotten that feeling from you ever. (laughs) Your vibe is so amazing. And it, and, and, and it helps people because we need to see ourselves reflected in others. We need to see that it's okay for us to be ourselves. Um, Just before I I got here today, I got a message from someone on Instagram who said, my friend sent me your reel. So I had posted a reel this week where I had, you know, this is my voice Mm -hmm. one day on testosterone. This is my voice 14 days on testosterone. And I was so happy to see, to, to hear the drop, right? And- this person messaged me and said, my friend sent me your reel and I have um, decided despite my, despite my fears that it won't work for me or, you know, any apprehension mm-hmm. I might have, that was my deciding factor that I need to go talk to my doctor about oh, hormone I replacement therapy. And I'm like, that's amazing, right? I just expressed how joyous I was mm-hmm. with the change that helps somebody else. Totally. It is a beautiful thing. And that is the nice thing about social media too. I I, I will speak of its ills, absolutely. I think that we have some growing mm-hmm. to do in that area. But also you have these kids mm-hmm. growing up in maybe a very small town, totally. a part of the world where everybody looks like them, everybody goes to the same church, yes. everybody does the same things and the expectations are all the same. Absolutely. And they get to go on somewhere like Instagram or TikTok or, mm-hmm. you know, wherever they might be. And, and they are able to see this whole world out there of diversity mm-hmm. that I did not get to see when I grew totally. up in my small Same town, here. right? Like I, that was not, I was not subjected to that. I, I never had that experience. And so they get to learn from a very young age, I can be who I really am. Mm-hmm. Maybe not here, maybe not in this small town, but one day, maybe when I grow up, I'm able to, you know, to, to get out in the world and, you know, whatever that looks like for them, but their parents can also be educated and their mm-hmm. communities can be educated. It's, it's beautiful. And it's all because we are all out there sharing our lives. And that's mm-hmm. why visibility is so important. It, it absolutely is. And I, I love how contagious I think the joy can be you know, for other people. Thank you for sharing that. Now on the theme of joy to kind of wrap, wrap this up, how are you living in joy now? You know, you are now setting out on your, this next chapter, I think of of your life. Is there, has there been new like levels of joy that have been like coming, coming your way? Oh my goodness. Yes. (laughs) So, I mean, that's, that's the thing. Once the trauma is, I don't want to say I'm healed. I'll never be healed. Like I think my brain structure is as it is and it is healing. It's getting better, you know, but I'm able to embrace change more, take more risk. Our children are grown now. Uh, My wife and I have moved to Toronto Mm -hmm. from Ottawa and we are now in a polyamorous relationship with two more people. And so we're all trans. All four of us are trans, like three women and me. Uh, Oh yeah. It's, it's, it's it's wild. Um, But, uh, but we, we have this beautiful life. People have these, this is the new thing, right? Mm -hmm. Where, you know, I actually, I think I lost more friends 
when I said I was poly than when I said I was trans. It's, the, so, interesting. it's so interesting. Like yeah. more love is bad. Yeah. I don't understand. Yeah. But that again, that's that ingrained, you know, this is the way things have to be in totally. our society, right? Two people in love only. Yeah. And we're like, oh, well, you know what? I have tons of love. When I get home, yes. I have, I have three people to snuggle with on the uh, couch. I have, I have, I have this amazing life. My, my kids are really happy. They love our new partners. Oh, um, you know, it's, it's just, we've, we're just a bigger family now. Yeah. And so, yeah, I am just living this joyous, happy life where I am newly out. I came out August 1st, um, of 2023. I, uh, you know, my book was published in mid September. Um, and you know, surprisingly to me, it became another bestseller. Yes. Um, and, I, I am now, you know, I did the book tour and now I am mostly just really embracing this early transition phase in my life and settling into this new home with my loved ones. It's beautiful. Well, I am so happy for you and you deserve all of it. I think you and your family have just given so much. And I think your books just really, I think are going to save so many lives. And I think the work that you're doing is so important. So, so thank you from, from, from another amazing, another trans person, you know, I really, it really means a lot to me. So where can people find you on social media? Where can they buy your book? Oh my goodness. (laughs) So you can buy my books anywhere. Um, They, they, you know, they're carried, they're carried all over the place. Thank you to everybody who carries them. Um, And there's also an ebook version and there's an audiobook version that is read by me. Um, And those versions actually have an extra chapter where I come out as Rowan. So there's that. So that's kind of, that's kind of fun. I really enjoyed getting to to, actually listen to your audiobook. Epilogue 2.0. Epilogue 2.0. Yeah, wrote that very long. Last minute. Um, and uh, you can find me on social media under Rowan Jete Knox. Uh, RowanJeteKnox.com is my website and pretty much everywhere you can find me. Rowan Jete Knox. Love it. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. This was such a treat. Well, thank you. I had a great time. Oh, good. <laughs> Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.